0: This is the Gambling Gauchos. Somebody turn on some damn music!
1: You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech. Betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need. Money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit Ethan? That'll be the day. Now here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro. The money line matadors. The casino cowboys. The parlay picadors. You see
0: in this world there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded
1: guns, those who dig, you dig
0: with
1: the gambling gauchos. Oh, and one more thing—it's all West Texas. It always has been.
2: Ooh. Welcome into the gambling gauchos. I'm Rob Bro, He's Kyle Jacobson. Uh, about a minute and a half left in Creighton, Arkansas. So if we sound a little distracted here in the Cardinal Sports Center studio, through the first, I don't know, five minutes of the pod, that's why. Again, we are in the Cardinal Sports Center studio. If you want to visit Cardinals to gear up for college basketball season, or maybe a bowl travel you want to go to the bowl game when Texas Tech goes to the Alamo Bowl, uh, you can go to mycardinalsports.com or visit them at Cardinals in Lubbock over by, oh, I don't know, 68th and
3: Slide. I'm not a master fisherman, but I know bait when I see it. Yeah? And I'm not going to take it. Okay.
2: I feel like we've already discussed that uh, ad nauseum anyways. Do you like the paint area? in the Maui Invitational court. No. Why do why do they do that?
3: This whole tournament is a little bit I love that you get great competition early in the season, but playing on that court in a high school gym with yeah. these rims that they've made made a big deal about is like maybe the not the best litmus test.
2: It doesn't quite make sense, does it? Is there a better gym in Maui?
3: I guess not. This <laughs> is the one. But does it have to be in Maui?
2: No, I don't think so. But they
3: play at the University of Hawaii?
2: They could. Uh, Creighton just goes up by two and then finally makes a stop and gets a rebound. Uh, less than a minute left. Let's talk about Texas Tech, Kyle. Texas Tech losing to Creighton. Creighton really good. Uh, And then just hitting the absolute dog crap out of Louisville. Um, But Louisville... Louisville's not good, but they got beat by Texas Tech. I mean, like a rented mule, dominated. And we were talking about it in the Discord earlier. By the way, patreon.com slash gamblingouches if you want to join the Discord. Uh, People were freaking out about Louisville like they just lost to... a high school team. What was the deal with that?
3: I don't know. Some of these national analysts, of course, there's a lot of eyes on Maui. Are, on one hand, rightfully making a big deal out of the fact that Louisville scored 38 points. But they also have lost to three schools that you've probably never heard of or didn't know had a basketball program. I guess App State was one of those. People have heard of App State. And football. So I don't know why, all of a sudden, Texas Tech nationally known for having a great defense, holds them to 38, so they fall to 0-5 the second time they got their asses kicked in Maui, and now it's like, oh, Louisville might not be very good. Yeah, you think? Like, Why is their loss to Texas Tech the damn-breaking moment and not their three losses to mid or low majors? By one point. Yesterday when they also got their asses handed to them in Maui, I don't really get it. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a dominant performance, but it was really not any different than what we've seen from Louisville to this point in the season.
2: That was the lowest point total in the Miami Invitational since 1991.
3: The Maui Invitational or the Miami Invitational?
2: Maui. What did I say? Miami. I'm pretty sure I said Maui.
3: Different sides of the country.
2: We can check the tape. The Maui Invitational. Uh, Minnesota held somebody to 37 in 1991. And Alex Acorn, the music guy from the USA the last, uh, I guess, two years ago now, he looked up that it was the lowest point total from Louisville in a basketball game since 1942. Yeah, I don't. seems
3: crazy. On uh, ESPN, they were saying since 81 or 82. Because they scored 30-something versus Xavier. Well, that
2: makes more sense. I don't know. But I'm just going to go with Alex Acorn. Yeah. Why not? Looking ahead to Ohio State, a couple of players familiar with uh, the main one, Sean McNeil.
3: Isaac uh, Likely. (laughs) From West Virginia. Here's about Sean McNeil. (laughs) No
2: offense. uh, Yeah, no offense. If he's listening. And I think there was one game he hit a bunch of threes on uh, Texas Tech, and they still lost. Uh, But Isaac Likely, who I did not know was at Ohio State until you tweeted that today. Yeah. I didn't even know he left Oklahoma State.
3: I did the uh, handshake meme. It was yeah. like, Isaac Likely, Jim Knowles, nice. leaving Oklahoma State for Ohio State.
2: I also had to think for a second on who Jim Knowles was when you posted that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he came out of nowhere last year to Oklahoma State. Now he's just like a defensive genius. And I know he was like a lo- around a long time before that, but... yeah.
3: I think Ohio State it will be really good. I think Creighton is a better team than you at this point in the season. Louisville should not have been invited to Maui.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, this is two, uh, two years ago they invited all these teams yeah, together. with the still, benefit of hindsight. Good grief.
3: Which I have a follow-up point on that, but I'm going to finish this by saying your third game is probably your most level competition to this point, and so another opportunity to learn a lot, win a game that should be a quad one game. I tweeted this and people got up in arms, Rob. Tell me where you think the disconnect might have been. That you don't go to Maui to play quad three games because you can play 12 of those at the USA before Big 12 play gets here. And a lot of people, just by my observation, that Louisville's net is 130 and if they don't get to 100 or better, then this will be a quad three game. Seemingly up in arms about that. Some of them were like the, we'll just win as if I have any impact on that. Right. Some of them were like, why are we worried about quad losses? I'm like, well, you're not necessarily worried about it. It's just an observation of fact.
2: But you are worried about it.
3: And also, yeah, did we learn nothing from last year when you had the top five or six wins on your resume was as good or better than anybody else's in the country, but games, I don't know, let's call it seven through 25 yeah, is where you missed out. And so you played in Maui because you don't have a good enough non-con, you know, playing home and homes. You go to Maui to play quad one games. Quad two at worst. And so Louisville is going to be quad three. They're the worst team in the ACC by any analytical metric. That's not why you went to Maui, and it, it stinks. But I was hoping for three quad one games, and Louisville did not hold up their end of the bargain.
2: To this point. Now, they could get on a run or whatever else in ACC play, but no, they're not going to. No, they're not going to. Um, what I was going to say was Texas Tech schedules their schedule to be a three-seed it's like, oh, well, we have a good enough Big 12 schedule to be a three seed, so yeah, that's and,
3: fine. And y'all can gripe at me for the observation, but the committee is kind of lazy from what I've learned about them. And to them, it's just quad one, quad two, or whatever. It doesn't matter if the game was pl- played in November or March. They treat all quad one games equally. So if you go to Duke or two Gonzaga and beat the tar out of them, that's the same as beating up on you know, number 50 on a neutral side or whatever the quad one threshold is and if you are a bubble team or you know you're trying to avoid the the four or five line and you want to move up to a three it matters that you played a quad three game in Maui instead of a quad one game and so people might not like it and I guess if they want a podcast to not analyze the quality of opponent and just tweet things like just win then Maybe a different podcast. I don't know because I like to follow the yeah. analytical importance of the games.
2: Well, and you tweeted that before or after Louisville.
3: Before oh, okay, here, that's here's what the other it thing. Was. No, no, you here's the other. Before, no, no, no. Hang on. Here's the other thing. But
2: I still don't understand the. Response. I chose
3: my words very carefully. I you said did. this will be a quad three game. I didn't say quad three win. I said right. quad three game, which means win and you get no benefit from it. Lose and you have a quad three loss as a stain on your resume. It doesn't benefit you to play that game, especially not in Maui. Like, I get there's going to be some cupcakes, but again, you have 10 or 11 of those at the USA before Big 12 play anyway. You're not going to Maui to play quad three games.
2: No, and I if, you know, benefit of hindsight, like you said, Louisville is, does not belong in the field, and I don't know if Maui can handpick by year. I don't think they can because schools schedule trips like this in advance, and you can go out of the country or out of the contiguous United States something like a certain amount of years, and so you have to schedule these in advance. So they thought Louisville would bounce back. They wrote them off. Louisville didn't write back. Oh, they did write back. I said, thank you for just, writing us off.
3: We suck. It's crazy that you can just write one thing and then people read five things that you didn't say. People are like, well, this team can still you know, crazy, gain some chemistry it? and learn. I was like, I didn't say they couldn't.
2: That's crazy, isn't it?
3: I, I didn't say they couldn't. Yeah. Well, we still need to win. Yeah, I agree.
2: Just like I wouldn't say that Texas couldn't go to an Alamo
3: Bowl. No, you didn't say that. Um you just like to argue stuff. Do you have that anything else? Technically has a 3% chance of happening. Do you have anything else to, about the basketball team? Just because you like to argue. I don't. I don't like to argue. Um no, I I'm really curious to see what happens with Ohio State. And I think all things considered, you win that one and you finish two and one in Maui. That's a good trip.
2: Three quick things.
3: Actually, I do have one more thought on basketball
2: Daniel Baccio. dog. Kevin O'Banner. dog. Robert Jennings. dog. Who's your sixth man? Um, Robert Jennings? Lamar Washington? Played 23 minutes today.
3: I feel like they wanted it to be Lamar Washington, but he didn't get any minutes versus Creighton yesterday.
2: Yeah, and he had four or five turnovers today. Um,
3: is it Damarian Williams? No, he's probably close to last on the team in minutes. K.J. Allen? Yeah. Huh? I think I think
2: the team is trying to figure it out.
3: I think it'll be Dawes when he comes back, but then if number six and seven on your bench are Dawes and K.J.
2: Or Robert Jennings.
3: You need another guard or a wing. Yeah. What happened to Walton? He was getting a lot of minutes the first two or three games.
2: He did not look good against Louisville today in the second half. Of course, the game kind of got sloppy up 30, but...
3: There's opportunity there. Yes. Somebody on the bench can carve out a really good role for themselves and probably play 24 minutes a game in Big 12 play.
2: And I've thought Robert Jennings has earned minutes every time he's been out there, but again, you can't have Robert Jennings and KJ as your first two off the bench because you need scoring off the bench... Um, that was your main issue against Creighton, I would say. Is this tied? I don't know. I have not seen the score. Um, it'd be nice if they showed that on the screen. A, they get a, they got a shot off. They did not call a foul. He was trying to get a foul. I don't know why that guy left his feet. It must be tied. Tied it because they're trying to put time back on the clock. Or, or Arkansas just took a lead. I don't know.
3: Texas Tech fans. They
2: fouled. Well, no, they fouled, so it can't be tied.
3: I don't know if he fouled on purpose. Yeah, he's down one. Okay, they're down one. Texas Tech fans should be rooting for Creighton to win the Big East. Yes. Creighton plays Texas, so they'll have a, a common opponent. But you know, the Big East is always a you know pretty quality conference. And I don't like arguing quality losses, but the yeah. higher Creighton's net and Ken Palm and all that is, the better it is for Texas Tech.
2: Do you think the they'll take the sound tarping off the moody? For Creighton?
3: A top I mean
2: they're gonna be top eight, top seven.
3: They didn't for Gonzaga and Gonzaga was two, oh, four? Yeah,
2: yeah. Crazy. Um, but hell of a schedule Chris Beard put together. He never did that in Lubbock.
3: Do people just not wanna come to Lubbock? I don't know. I'm not even on the train that, like, oh, you should schedule Duke and Gonzaga. Like, just get a quad two. Yeah. Get somebody who won their mid-major last year yeah. that wants to play a power six opponent.
2: Or, you know, Clemson.
3: Or Like Rutgers. Yes. Somebody with a pulse.
2: Hell, UTEP, UTSA, just to step up from northwestern Alabama yeah. conglomerate. UNT. Sure.
3: I don't get why it is that hard.
2: New Mexico State.
3: Yeah, New Mexico, New Mexico State, Arizona, Arizona State, those are close enough to you regionally. That should be an easy home-and-home. Yes. And you don't need eight games like that. Just have like three of them. Yes. Can you get – okay, besides the Big East and the SEC matchups that you have every year, play in one neutral site tournament to get two or three games like you're getting in Maui, and then one home-and-home. You go away to a Power Six opponent, one Power Six opponent comes to you. Yes. I'd I'd be – Every year. Happy as a clam. Yeah. All right, let's talk football. Let's
2: talk football, man.
3: Football! <laughs> but before we do that, shout out to our friends over at Rahino Barbecue. You know, some people, Rob, no names. Yeah. Because it's not that serious. Uh-huh. Some people would rather eat Skyline Chili than Rahino Barbecue. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do for people like that.
2: So terrified to play Texas Tech with Cincinnati before <laughs> they got to the new Big 12 because of Dana B. Oh, sorry, no names. They, uh, it's not that serious, man. And then, uh, so, so they lost to Ohio State on purpose.
3: That was another thing on Twitter. People telling me to like calm down and not take it so seriously. I'm like, it's I a made a joke. Skyline chili joke, guys. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: If I was any calmer, I'd be asleep. First of all. I'm fine.
2: Dana's whole thing was engagement. And then when we he him engagement, yeah. he was mad.
3: I thought I was pretty mild. I said, you'd rather eat Skyline than Mahino barbecue. It was a sponsor plug. Yeah. Who wouldn't
2: want to eat Rojino Barbecue. It's the best barbecue, top 50 in the state, top one in West Texas.
3: I said, sucks to be Dana. It rules to be a Red Raider. He's like, hey, man, come on. It's
2: not that serious. I'm just a 29-year-old washout. I was like, then <laughs> I was like okay. Like, no, then. you're not, dude. <laughs> anyway. in a six-month uh, <laughs> excursion, went to seven different schools.
3: Hey, calm down, dude. It's not that serious, all right? All right, man. But anyway, Rojino Barbecue is the GOAT. I was fortunate enough to partake this past weekend. Got to get back out there. And, hey, don't let the cold weather coming up scare you away. They've got a great patio, heated patio, out there in Olton, So still a great place to go grab some fantastic barbecue. Thank you to Rahino At Rahino BBQ, follow them on social. Thank you to them for their support of the gambling gauchos. We're thankful, right, Rob? This is a season of Thanksgiving. Yeah.
2: Are we going to do something special for Thanksgiving today?
3: Yeah, well, I figured we could go back and forth and say what we're thankful for. Are
2: you going to tell me one thing you're thankful for about me?
3: I could, I could probably do more than one. Okay. Yeah, I would just need some time to really think on it. Yeah, about I would it.
2: need time too. Oklahoma's come to town. Yep. You've not beaten
3: Oklahoma in Lubbock since? 09, I believe. Is that the Ryan Broyles game when he tried to taunt you all up by, or while trailing by 24?
2: Was that in Lubbock or was that in – I think it was.
3: Yeah, you only beat them there once, 2011. 2011. Seth Dagey game. Neil Brown was the offensive coordinator.
2: Yep. Nate, peanut butter sandwiches during a lightning delay. Yeah. In 2005, I believe was it 05?
3: That's the Torian, the Torian Henderson. Henderson.
0: Yeah.
2: The thread you did today, which you've done them for four or five schools: TCU, Baylor. Uh, I did not see an Iowa State one. I think there was a Kansas. one. I had one. nothing on yeah, Iowa State. There was nothing there. Kansas,
3: there was a few. The West Virginia one was pretty. The West Virginia especially one. Especially for schools that far away that don't yeah, have a history like you do with stuff. the Southwest Conference schools.
2: The photo you found for CJRU, how, did you just Google CJRU Oklahoma and then that was the first one you saw?
3: No, I've had that photo of Torian Henderson saved. I might have used that for the countdown to kick off.
2: But you knew it was CJRU?
3: No, I didn't until I went back and kind of like I, I reviewed the tape because I thought he might be in that picture. And I was like, I think that's him because he was 98 or 99. That is hilarious. And I found other pictures. I was like, yeah, that's – I'm like 95% sure that's CJIU.
2: That is hilarious.
3: You know what else is funny about that game? I was there. You were? Uh-huh. That game is the Big 12 refs tried to rip us off, but yes. we won anyway game. Do we have yes. that on the board? Oh, for the – Ones who may not be as familiar.
0: Rest, to rip us off. Anyway. Go Raiders!
2: If you okay. don't know what that is, there's an interview being done in the tunnel.
3: Yes. we can find the video on YouTube. Do you know yes. who the interview is being done with?
2: Um running back
3: Fullback named JD Runnels. Yes. Whose doppelganger is CJ Ayu. So when Joey Maguire got hired and he was filling his staff and it was announced that CJ IU was coming as an assistant, a bunch of Tech fans were like, he's the guy in that video, the Oklahoma no. player that they're in. I was like, no, not no, quite, guys.
2: Not quite.
3: So anyway, they get them mixed up, I guess.
2: Go Raiders! That's you know one who, of my favorite videos of all time. You know
3: who else was on that OU squad?
2: Um, O5. Oh I have no idea.
3: Dusty Dvorakic. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That guy,
3: that guy. You don't like divorce? Not Cech? a big fan.
2: He's all right. Him and Steve Levy calling Tech Oklahoma games has kind of scarred me forever because they stunk.
3: You better divorce check yourself before you wreck yourself.
2: Who's calling the game this weekend? Do you know? I could look that up.
3: It's not Tim Brando. He's doing the Sunflower Showdown.
2: No, and they were not happy. Kansas no. State fans were not happy. Not about happy about
3: that. that. Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? CJRU, oh, the Oklahoma connections, yeah. yeah. A, ton of, a ton of the connections really just stem from Mike Leach being the offensive coordinator there and then yes. bringing some assistants over with him.
2: Well, Lincoln Riley.
3: Right. A bunch of coaches did both. You know what I should have? I don't know how I could have woven this into the thread, but Cliff Kingsbury, he didn't leave Texas Tech to go to USC, but USC right. was his next stop. But Lincoln Riley didn't go to USC from Tech, of course. He went from OU. So, anyway. Honestly, we can get into it. I think this is a super evenly matched game.
2: Would you say that Cliff coached at USC or just was hired by USC? Because four former Texas Tech quarterbacks have coached for USC, if that's the case.
3: Dagey, Cliff, Riley. Oh, and Harrell. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I kind of forgot about Graham Harrell there for a second. I was like, who's maybe the fourth one? We'll, maybe.
2: Maybe – USC will lose back-to-back, and you'll get stuck with him somehow in the guaranteed rate bowl or something. wonder what Davis, Webb, that wonder what
3: Davis Webb is going to do after cashing checks. Oh, coach. In the for NFL sure. For a decade at USC. For
2: sure. So, well, maybe Cal.
3: He'll probably go to USC.
2: Maybe Kitley will uh, be off to bigger and better as a head coach somewhere, and Joey McGuire will hire Davis Webb.
3: Davis <laughs> Webb, man. Good for him. Yeah. He, he was a Power 5 caliber starter. And it just so happens that the greatest player to ever play football comes in right behind him at Tech,
2: and a, and he got to Tech with a number one overall draft pick, Heisman yeah. Trophy winner,
3: and he just he uses the portal to his advantage, gets drafted, and I don't know if he'll be like Chase Daniel, but he'll cash enough checks in the NFL, yeah. That he's he'll be good. So well, and
2: he's so instrumental to the rest of the process. They, it's he's a cheap coach. <laughs> and probably a more expensive coach actually, because they could just hire an intern.
3: Was his dad a coach? Uh,
2: um, I don't know that. But when he's with the Bills, do you remember the article that came out that he did all the cornerbacks, uh, uh books that they needed to. Anyways,
3: I didn't see that. So Oklahoma's come to town. Yeah, I was looking at some of the per drive stats just in big 12 conference play. You know, by this point, I think that's a really good and fair analysis because all of these teams, both of these teams have played all the same opponents in that respect, other than each other. And they seem very evenly matched to me. I'd be curious if you have a different take, or if you think there's an area or two where one team could separate from each other, but just to run through it real quickly, offensive points per drive, Tech is seventh in the conference, Oklahoma's eighth. Um, their touchdown rate, Texas Tech's is 29%, Oklahoma's is 28%. Again, seventh and eighth respectively in the conference. I guess where there are some divergences is Texas Tech kicks a lot more field goals. Third in the conference, Oklahoma ninth.
2: Now that's made field goals. I think they've either missed a few or just have not kicked them.
3: Your punt rate is skewed because you're so aggressive on fourth down. You have the second lowest punt rate in the conference. Oklahoma, right. eighth in the conference. So they punted a lot more than you, but again, some of that is because you're also turning it over on downs instead of punting. Turnover rate, almost identical. Both teams right at 12%, fifth and sixth in the conference, respectively. Both kind of on the bottom in terms of turnover rate. Texas Tech worse in the conference, 13.4%.
2: But I'm But been- sorry,
3: this is not turnovers. It's turnover on downs. So, again, like your gotcha. your philosophy kind of lends itself to that. Oklahoma, not too good either, though. They're eighth in the conference. Yards per drive, you're neck and neck. I could go through some other ones, but you get the point. I think that this is not the OU of old where right. they're just going to out-talent you. They're better at every aspect of the game than you. They're very comparable.
2: And these are color-coded, and there's only one or two uh, maybe punt rate that are even further than two apart.
3: Yeah, the punt, punt rate, rate and field goal rate. And again, that is because you're so aggressive on fourth down. Um, your turnover on downs rate, force on defense is fourth in the conference. There's a seventh. I guess if there's one area where I think maybe there is some separation, it would be the the fourth down philosophy. Yes, And so... You hate to always you hate to simplify a game down to just one aspect, but this could be one of those games, if oh, you can get off the field on fourth down, that's a huge advantage for them. And if Texas Tech is successful in leaning into that identity, staying aggressive on fourth down, and converting those attempts, maybe the advantage is theirs.
2: The TV crew this week is Eric Collins and Devin Gardner.
3: Oh, same as last week. They did Iowa State.
2: Oh, did they do Iowa State? Yeah.
3: That was Devin Gardner, right.
2: Did they also do West Virginia?
3: West Virginia. Um, Oh, I don't know.
2: I think Devin Gardner did another game because you were there, obviously.
3: Yeah, I don't recall.
2: So I think this might be this crew's third Texas Tech game, which I like. I wish that there was more overlap like that where you could have – and I know they do a bunch of Big 12 games, so they'll probably have called an Oklahoma game too. I like that at the end of the year – they know he, They know these teams.
3: Yeah, I like that, too. Although, so you're, you're right, we missed some of that because we were watching where alphas watch football games. Yes. No free ads.
2: No, if they want to do ads.
3: Uh, yeah, hey, we'll do some live shows down.
2: there and everything else.
3: Um, Where was I going at that point? Okay, yeah, so we missed the commentary live, and then when I did the rewatch, I'm fast-forwarding through the breaks in between plays, but apparently they were throwing shade at Joey McGuire for being a high school coach and – Some of his calls were high school, Bush League. We talked about the coaching advantage, though. Right. When it was all said and done, he outcoached Matt Campbell. I think we covered that adequately on the last podcast. Yeah. It's we wonderful tone that down this weekend. Uh,
2: You know what? I hope they don't. I hope they keep doing it because I love the fact, and I wrote this on KKM.com earlier in the week, I love the fact that people call him a high school coach. I think it fuels him. And I want the Texas High School Coaches Association to be proud of the fact that Joey McGuire is a high school coach from the high school ranks. I just, as long as that's perpetuated, the better Tech looks in recruiting.
3: It's kind of like the overrated chant too. Yeah. So like Texas fans were mocking us all off season for hiring a high school coach. Uh-huh. Okay, then you just lost to a high school coach. Right. So. I, I guess, you know, whenever we start winning nine games and go into Alamo Bowls, which we're not going to do this year. Yeah. It was like, okay, did you, did you let a high school coach do that to you? Or can you yeah, just give him some respect?
2: Let's take one of the most important things in Texas culture, especially West Texas culture, high school football, and claim that that's a negative. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Cool. So I, I don't mind it at all.
3: I don't think he cares. He said that at his introductory press conference. He said, I'm a high school coach who happens to coach college football.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and he said uh, that they were going to make this the Texas High School University. Yeah.
3: Fine by me. Look at our high school recruiting right now.
2: I want to go find that clip and post that that we're Texas High School University whenever somebody says he's a high school coach. It's like, yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, Looking at conference-only stats, uh, and – the analytical numbers also matter obviously. Uh but just some broad stats that you ha- you have to you have to look at these in kind of vacuums, okay? Oklahoma got shut out in a game this year. So their season average in points is going to look low. Of course they also scored 56 in a game this year. So that kind of evens out that's why it's averages. Uh this is conference games only.
3: If we had the time I would love to Look at both schools. Take out their best performance and their worst and look at the other six conference games that they've played. But we didn't do that. No. Oh, oh well. I'm just Uh, in in a dream world.
2: Points per game right beside each other at 30 per game and 27 per game. And then defensively, Texas Tech gives up 29 points per game, and they give up 34. So you score three more. They give up three more, you're going to win by six.
3: And really, That's how it works, right? Ever since they kind of got exposed in, I don't know, early October, ESPN-FBI has had this as a toss-up, and it moves a little bit one way or the other. I don't think it's swung more than like 55-45 for either team, though, for the last nearly two months. So I think we always knew this was going to be a closely contested game if you pay attention to stuff like that.
2: Yeah. I think their defense is bad.
3: I think so, too. Um, I want to talk about their offense next. But, yeah, their defense gave up 38 to Baylor in Norman. Yeah. A Baylor offense that since put up three at home against Kansas State, right? And then 20-something at home against TCU, which has not really been shutting people down most of the season. You know, they've been a defense that has been had before.
2: And you gave up 30-something to Baylor. They had a pick 6-2, but...
3: Oklahoma went scoreless in the final three quarters of Bedlam at home. Yeah. So, still won. they had a great first quarter. They had 200-something yards and 28 points, but yeah. clearly they aren't able to just sustain that um, consistently, even within games, not even talking about game-to-game. They only scored 20 against West Virginia, a bad defense. So, I don't even know if their offense is that potent. They're certainly better with Dylan Gabriel healthy than... They were without him, but...
2: And and Marvin Mims has gotten a lot of opportunities deep and cashed in some and dropped some.
3: All their good outputs, though, 52 against Kansas. That was on October 15th. And they allowed Uh, 42 42. in Norman again. They allowed 41 to K-State in Norman. They scored 34. That's a pretty good offensive output. 49 versus Nebraska, but we're we're in mid-September now. Only scored 33 versus Kent State.
2: And zero against Texas.
3: I think the narrative around this team for a long time was good offense, bad defense. I don't know if their offense is that good.
2: Well, and when they were going to the playoff, it was great offense, good defense. Not even good. Mediocre. So, I I, I agree. This is not the Baker Mayfield, Mark Andrews, P. Ryan Mixon, D.D. Westbrook offense that we saw go to, toe-to-toe with uh, Patrick Mahomes, but... I don't think it's a bad
3: offense. I don't but, think so either.
2: But I think you're trending upwards, and they're, at the very least, plateaued.
3: Who do you think cares more about this game? Texas Tech. It is hard to... Okay, so two things on this. A school like Oklahoma will always claim that they're your Super Bowl. Yeah. Not when you're 6-5. and five. There was a time when, yeah, Texas and OU were always the biggest games on the schedule. They're top five, top ten teams. That was the big game on the calendar. You're not anybody's Super Bowl when you're six and five.
2: No, but I think there is some cachet to be had by saying it's Oklahoma. Um, Yeah. And I don't think in the film room they're saying big bad Oklahoma's coming. we got to watch out. I think they're saying this is who they are on the field. Uh, historically you've never beaten Texas and Oklahoma in the same season. Do you want to make some frickin' history? Yes. And I think that's been said in the locker room. I think there's plenty of bulletin board material as well. Uh, You've not beaten them since 2011. Um, They won six straight Big 12 championships. They beat your best team in the last 20 years by two touchdowns or whatever it was.
3: On that point, that you've never beaten Texas and Oklahoma in the same season, there are a lot of similar bullet points like that at stake. Yes. Which is also why I agree with you that Texas Tech feels like there's more on the line. I think I think a lot of guys at OU probably are just ready for the season to be over. They're not going to hit any of their preseason goals of winning nope. the Big 12, going to the playoff, anything like that. Some of them are probably looking at the transfer portal. I just don't think they're going to be that juice to play a 6-5 and five Texas Tech team in Lubbock. No. So some of these other bullet points, like you said, Texas and OU, both dubs in the same season. That's never happened before. First winning record in conference play since 2009.
2: And, and another way to say that is the first winning record in conference play ever during the round-robin format. Yeah. You have never had a winning record when you've played all nine Big 12 schools in the same year.
3: That's a good way of looking at it. Um, what else was it? So you have that th- you could win your sixth home game, which I, I would find really one. funny because of all the heat Texas Tech and Joey McGuire took for saying everything runs through Lubbock. If you finish the season 6-1 and one in, Lubbock, in Lubbock, I think you more or less backed up that statement. Yeah. You have not won six home games since 2009 in the same season. Joey McGuire would become the first – First-year head coach at Texas Tech to have a winning record in conference play since Spike Dykes went 4-3-1 and in the Southwest Conference in 1987.
2: Wow. Yeah. And that's even Cliff Kingsbury, who started 7-0 and and couldn't do any of that. He finished 5 and 5 And you know what I forgot to do?
3: What today? did you forget to do?
2: Dadgummit. I'm going to look this up. When's the last time you won three straight games to finish a year?
3: Three straight games to finish a year at Texas Tech. Might have also been two thousand nine. Do you mean regular season or bowl included? Regular season.
2: When's the last time you won the three final games in November?
3: Man, because I don't know. It might even have you ever done that.
2: Not ever. I'm sure you've done it in the history of Texas Tech football. But I'm
3: just trying to think of like even the really good teams. Like 05, they went to the Cotton Bowl, but they lost one in Stillwater down the stretch.
2: 08, you lost to Oklahoma in the second last game of the year.
3: I wonder if 04, because a lot of their losses were early in the season, but they wound up playing for a Holiday Bowl. I wonder if they won their last three. And I'm not saying that's the last time it's happened, but right. that's a team that comes to mind that might have done that. But
2: not last year, not 2020.
3: Them in 2009 would be my best guesses. Because even,
2: even the Tuberville years, you faltered down the stretch. Cliff, oh, yeah. Cliff always did it. Did you see the first half, second half season winning percentages from Texas to yeah. in Arizona? I
3: think that's different in the NFL because there's no, there's no Sam Houston in the NFL.
2: Right. Yeah, the non conference is very, very generous to the front half. I wish they schedule. had pulled
3: his Big Twelve record, like his first five Big Twelve games and his last four. I bet right. it probably was. Alright, I'm I'm gonna look up two thousand nine and two thousand four to see if either of those squads did it. And if it's not them, then I don't we might be going back a long ways. Even again, some of the really good teams, nineteen seventy six, right. they lost to Houston. At the very end? Yeah. Be, we should have uh, asked Mainville. He's so good at this. I know, the... and, I,
2: and I, <laughs> I had this on my thing to do before the podcast. This is okay. great
3: radio, by the way. So 2009, if you count the bowl game, they finished with Oklahoma, Baylor, and Michigan State all wins. But their third to last regular season game, Oklahoma State, was a loss. So that well,
2: Four out of three.
3: Three out of four. Yeah, What would I say? Four, four out of three?
2: three. <laughs> Same thing.
3: Having a really good time <laughs> correcting you.
2: Uh, it's okay. I, I need it most days. All right, 2004
3: is my other shot in the dark here. Let's see. Some of these you remember the games, but you don't remember the order that they were played in. Right. No, 2004, their final three games, win versus Baylor, loss at A&M, win versus Oklahoma State. But they won four out of the last five if you count the bowl. So they, they did finish strong, but not fitting the criteria that you mentioned. Anyway.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out here.
3: So, yeah, all that to say, I think there's a lot on the line for Texas Tech and just kind of program perception. Are you trending up from last season? Yes. I think worst-case scenario, you're about on par with last season. And not that Joey McGuire needs a last-minute recruiting pitch to anybody in the 2023 class, but moving forward, the 2024 class, you can say, hey, we've been to a bowl game two years in a row. Hopefully we won two bowls in a row. You know, We won eight games if you count the bowl last season. We're going up. If you join us in Lubbock, we can win nine or ten games. Oklahoma, I don't think, can really sell any of that. So Brent Venables is going to have to be an excellent motivator this week.
2: And that's a roster that there has been turnover, sure. But all those sophomores, juniors, seniors, redshirt sophomores, juniors, seniors, have been like Big 12 championship or bust kind of players. And now they're they're here. You missed one last year, and now you're six and five. That's just not their standard, right? And as we've said numerous times now, you go seven and five with a five and four conference record. That's your best season since 2009 in in a lot of ways. Now you've gone seven and five since, but this is different.
3: It is. And. I still run into the occasional Texas Tech fan that thinks it's 2008, 2009 and they're like, "Well, 7 and 5 isn't good enough. Who cares if you just make a bowl game?" I kind of agree with that. I do think the standard should be higher, but like if you're going to if you're on a ship and you're sailing in one direction and you want to turn it around and go a different direction, you got to kind of slow the ship down first and start to make the turn before you can just do a 180. So I'm not going to hang my head at all about if you can pull off this win. 7-5 and five with a winning record in the Big 12. Consecutive bowl games for the first time in, I think, nine years, maybe a decade. And hopefully if you win the bowl game and you get to 8-5, and five, I'm not going to gripe about that. I'm going to say this is a great foundation that has been laid in year one, and we're going to build taller and better from here.
2: In the Southwest Conference's final year of action, 1995, Texas Tech beat tcu November 11th SMU on the road, November 18th Houston on the road, November 25th and then beat air
3: force, the copper bowl
2: Four straight wins. That is the last time that you've done it. You finished nine and three. That is the last time you won three straight games to finish the season in the regular season. 1995.
3: Not to be a downer. The four games that you won, all of them are against current or former Group of Five schools. Like there's no A&M or Baylor, right? Or but
2: that, that's uh, Southwest Conference games.
3: Oklahoma State, but I'm saying time Pierce. They were the ones that got relegated after the Southwest Conference. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, like, it well, wasn't that, like you finished you know, with Arkansas. the Arkansas.
2: There's is, this is the final Southwest Conference year. Yes, yeah. I agree that those are the ones that were probably had their daubers down.
3: The Copper Bowl, I think. Was a James Gray game, I think, and Anthony Lynn. I think they both had multiple touchdown rushes versus Air Force in the Copper Bowl. All
2: right, so in nineteen ninety three,
3: could Tim no, Deruder?
2: Was Oklahoma? I guess Oklahoma was a bowl game there, huh? Yeah. So you you finished with wins against Rice, Texas, TCU, SMU, and Houston to finish six and six.
3: <laughs> could Tim Deruder have been at Air Force in the mid nineties?
2: Uh, could have been.
3: Let me, I'm going to pull that up.
2: 1995 is wild.
3: No, he was at Ohio. He was at Air Force 89 to 92. Oh, just
2: missed him then.
3: He went back to Air Force in 2007. That would have been a cool.
2: That would have been a cool factoid.
3: It's crazy how long some of these guys are in the game.
2: Yeah. Uh, in 1991, you went three wins to finish the year Arkansas, Baylor, Houston, but missed a bowl game at six and five. Back when it was hard to get in a bowl
0: game.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay, so I'm back to. Oh, it's very man. Very
3: historical pod.
2: Well, I didn't know we just, were going to go that route with you. You've it. just not. Okay, it's 1973. 1973.
3: Oh, that was a good year. Is that the Peach Bowl?
2: That's when you beat Tennessee in the Gator Bowl.
3: Oh, Gator Bowl.
0: Okay.
2: Peach Bowl was 74. Uh, you win eleven and one overall, and your only loss was in Week Three. Okay, well, nineteen seventy three. The... You, if you win against Oklahoma, it'll be the first time since ninety five, and the second time since nineteen seventy three that you finish with three regular season wins in you, a row.
3: You haven't won three Big Twelve games in a row since Cliff's run, right? <laughs> Surely you didn't in twenty fourteen through twenty twenty one.
2: No, I, I don't think you did at all. Because some of those seasons, but you only I, won three
3: you, conference games, period. Four and yeah, five so, was your best conference mark, so you you probably weren't winning three in a row.
2: You played TCU early. Uh, Kansas, Iowa State, West Virginia. When was in that? In a row. 2013.
3: Yeah, but we haven't done it since then, right?
2: Um, 14, no. You only won two Obviously games. in 14.
3: No, you have not. I do not think so.
2: No. Oh, man.
3: So, again, are, are you going to hang a banner for any of this stuff? No. But would it be meaningful for the program in terms of making strides versus where it's been over the last 5, 10, 15 years? Compared to any kind of moral victory or silver lining that Oklahoma can claim, absolutely this game means more to Texas Tech. Even if, all that aside, you just look at the logos on the helmet, is not going to get as hyped to play Texas Tech yeah. as you are to play them. I hope that the team – kind of feeds off the last two weeks, buys into some momentum and says, let's finish the regular season on a strong point, get to a better bowl game, and then let's go win the frickin' bowl game. Yes. Oklahoma, if they're able to manufacture motivation for this game, it'll be that, manufactured. And and credit to Brent Venables and his locker room if he's able to do that. But it's got to be hard to do at a program like that.
2: You know who's really good about manufacturing motivation? Joey. High school coaches.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: And that's another reason why I think Joey McGuire is damn proud of being a high school coach, and I really don't get offended when people say that about him. Now, did you see, and I missed this, but did you see the tire on the sideline during the game last week?
3: I saw it after the fact and saw that it was a Creed movie reference, but I've never seen yeah. it any of the Creed movies, so I don't, I don't get it.
2: So the tire's on the ground in the movie. Rocky picks it up. They're training for a fight against Ivan Drago's son, Apollo Creed. Died at the hands of Ivan Drago. I
3: know the Rocky movies. I don't know the Creed movies.
2: I just said the backstory. Okay. So Creed is preparing to fight the man's son who killed his father. Prepare to die in the ring.
3: Oh, that's a different movie.
2: That was Princess Diaries.
3: You killed my father. Prepare to die. My name is I think on my That Twitter. might be my favorite movie of all time. Really? Yeah. But yeah. I don't want to do. As really, you so wish. Go ahead. Yes. As you
2: you kind of. You've been to Halloween as Dread Pirate
3: Robert. Last year. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know that I knew that. Good memory. Or just would peg you as a Dread Pirate Robert kind of guy.
3: I was. I'll never know. I was Wesley and my wife was Princess Buttercup.
2: As you wish. What was I even. Oh, Creed. The Rocky movies and so Creed. So Rocky <laughs> drops the tire in the middle of the ring. And there's this big massive guy across the way. Um, he says, put your foot in the tire. So he puts his foot in the tire flat, and then the other guy does, and they fight body-to-body with their feet in the tire. So I'm sure he told these guys at Iowa State, put your foot in the tire, and don't you think that mattered on a goal-line stand? Hey, put your damn foot in the tire and don't get out until the fight's over Mm -hmm. because they're going to keep punching. You have to keep punching. I don't know if that was his speech. That, That would be my speech. Uh, but Joy McGuire does that kind of stuff, and it fits in this program.
3: Well, I'm gonna—I'm not calling you out here. Uh huh. Just a statement of fact. You know, I like to just say things that are factual. Yeah. And...
2: Can I guess what you're gonna say? Yeah. I complained about Joey being a high school coach, uh, in some of the stuff early in the year. No. That w- okay. What were you gonna say?
3: Specific to Iowa State. Oh. I think you and I were both just a little bit nervous about the game because of the cold.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh
3: yes. But so yeah. so and pregame.
2: I hammered a, I hammered a pregame.
3: <laughs> pregame. <laughs> the Texas Tech creative team is tweeting pictures of players going out for warmups shirtless, yeah. and you know, they're saying, Brand don't care, yeah, bring on the cold. Uh huh. And I'm like, if you can back it up, then this is badass. If well, you can't, you're gonna look stupid.
2: I, I just to clarify, I loved the guys that came out shirtless, Charlie Robinson at the Fair. Cowboy hats. Yes. But the thing that got me was the video, and I don't think it was the tech guys that put it out, I think it was Mason Hordi- Hordisky, yeah, who put out the video. But same thing. They're out there bundled up and then taking all their stuff at the logo. Yeah. It's like, how many times do you see people do things at the logo? Yeah,
3: that's always touchy-feely. Yeah. But if you can back it up.
2: Didn't you also get a fight with West Virginia because you were on their logo or they were on the double No, T? they brought
3: a sledgehammer to the logo, <laughs> and that was a Cliff team. And so they're like, whoa, what do we do? Are we supposed to be in a dog fight?" <laughs> oh, anyway, that's kind of a cheap shot at Cliff. I love Cliff. But if you can do that, if you can come out shirtless when it's negative twenty six degrees outside, and you can back it up and say yeah. Brand don't care, great. And I like that. I mean, obviously you haven't had a perfect season, but this team seems tough. They've had yes, bad quarters, bad halves, bad games, and they seem to bounce back. And they they're you know hyping up this Brand don't care. What's next? And so you know they got a pretty good win against a much improved Kansas team. They go to the Arctic tundra and beat a team that should have been much more comfortable and familiar in, in those conditions. And here they are you know, for the regular season finale, and I hope that they have that same edge, that same toughness to them. I'd love to see that. And, yeah, it can backfire on you if you don't back it up, but they don't really seem that worried about it. No. They're like, this is who we are, we're going to lean into it, and we're going to back it up more often than not.
2: Well, and the point I was making before all that was uh, it just seems genuine. There are coaches that will go out and bury a ball or or burn a, a box score, and it's like, okay,
3: guy. Or when, when Jason Garrett made the players earn the star in training yeah, camp. Yeah,
2: like, that's just not you. Or Mike McCarthy uh, smashed in a watermelon, even though it worked. Do you remember when he did that? No. He brought in a watermelon and a sledgehammer, and, and he's like, they're the watermelon. They smashed the watermelon, everybody went crazy.
3: Did you have... Let's do a getting to know the Gauchos real quick. Mm-hmm. Sponsored by our friends at StayTrig, Trig. Staytrig.com, where you can book a local option for your short-term home rental. If you're coming to Lubbock for the holidays, Texas Tech graduation, Texas Tech football or basketball, or maybe you're in and out of the hub city on business, staytrig.com offers you an upscale, local, short-term rental option. And they love our listeners so much. You'll get 10% off your first rental with Stay Trig using the promo code gauchos at staytrig.com. All the homes are professionally decorated and furnished up to the same standard. Don't get stuck with the last-minute overpriced hotel. Don't roll the dice with an Airbnb. You don't know what you're going to get. Or a Verbo. Stay local, staytrig.com, 10% off using the promo code gauchos. Getting to know the gauchos. In your playing days, was there a good... Was there either a good gimmick that worked or a bad gimmick that, that you kind of cringe and remember? Yeah.
2: Um, the what, okay. I love the coach I'm about to talk about. But we were losing a playoff game one year, and the coaches are going crazy because they're like the, – some of the guys are like spatted up, taped, armbands, and we're on a different kind of turf. And they have those spats that you pull on, not the tape, and they're slipping. So obviously it's the spats and not the different turf that we don't have the proper cleats Dude, for.
3: coaches hated. If oh, you had yeah. any drip, Yeah, no towels, no sweatbands, yeah. none of that. All right, so we
2: come out flat, and this team in 2006 uh, is peak Mike Leach offense. They're running hooks and slants, uh, and then their splits are this wide. I swear to God, four-foot splits – <laughs> so, you can't get a pass rush. The quarterback has all day, and he's spotting he's spotting us all over the field. But we're not down big at halftime, but 4-7, and seven, tough year. Low seed in the playoffs. They were going to kill us. We go in the locker room. The coach, <clears throat> he's giving a speech, right? And all of a sudden, he goes, I have more school spirit And my pinky. And she <laughs> puts his pinky up like he's drinking a cup of tea. And we're all just like, okay, that, like, that was supposed to sound really cool for you, but you just starts waving your pinky at us. Yeah. But he, he was the king of those gimmicks and everything like this. He, he would always, uh, when he thought maybe some we weren't working hard or whatever, mm-hmm. he'd say, you want to be this kind of guy and show us his palm? And then say, or this kind of guy. And he'll have a state championship ring on. But he's talking about being two-faced, but it was always – Get you state, one of these. Yes, they, you would be this kind of guy or this kind of guy.
3: Don Billings would get you one yeah, of these. Yeah, I've got a few. Do we have time?
2: Yeah, one more. If you ran, yeah. a, if you ran a a, sprint short, he'd call you an 18-yarder because we would do 60s, 40s, 20s. You, you, you guys being 18-yarders right now. And then one year he, he, um, he was calling us 49 minuteers. Because You wanna play forty eight minutes, you wanna play through the whistle. You wanna play <laughs> <laughs> you want to play through the game. Forty nine you gotta play forty nine minutes of football tonight. All right.
3: So on that, the, on the forty eight minutes yeah. deal during the off season one year, our coach was trying to ingrain in us like how because the um the athletic block was also it was like fifty two minutes after passing period, so they gave you a couple minutes to like change. Sure. But the workout was forty eight minutes. And he was trying to like instill in us the correlation between like you work your ass off for 48 minutes in the offseason. We go play for 48 minutes in the regular season. And so we're all in the room. It was like study hall. And he was like, he goes, hey, Patrick, how long is a football game? Uh, a few hours. And he's like, he goes, JP, how long is a football game? Four quarters. And he's like getting pissed off. He's like, on the third or fourth day, he's like, he goes, it's 48 minutes. You play four 12-minute quarters. Anyway, freshman B team. I'm the backup quarterback. Sure. I I really care. I mean, I love football. It's our first game of the season. I can't wait for the season to start. It wasn't until I was older and more mature that I realized nobody in the world cares about a freshman B team game. Uh -uh. Not even the coach. No. The coach is there.
2: He's worried about the next game. Yeah, he's a varsity assistant coach.
3: And he wants to move up the ladder in his career. He's just Mm -hmm. stuck coaching the freshman B team. So anyway, I'm like, I'm in the zone. I'm listening to my iPod, my pump-up music. I'm taking it serious. (laughs) Yeah. And he comes in for the pregame speech, and he goes, he goes, all right, everybody, take a knee. He goes, none of you are ever going to be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> he goes, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that you are because you're not. And I'm, like, looking around at my friends. I'm like, where's he going with this? He's kind of bringing us down. You know, it was supposed yeah. to be like a pump-up speech. And he was like, none of you are ever going to win the Heisman Trophy. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. He goes, boys, I want you to fake it till you make it. Basically, like, y'all suck at football, <laughs> but go out there and pretend that you don't for an hour. Yeah, and uh, you know,
2: probably thirty-six minutes at that time. Yeah. yeah, just
3: just run the plays as if you're good at football, yeah. and we'll you know we'll see where things. Are. I was like, this is the worst pump-up speech of all time. Yeah. Another time we were screwing around with a team that wasn't as good as us. This was on varsity, so you know a little more serious. We go into half; it's like you know seven to seven, but we should be killing them. And our coach is just – so we had an offensive locker room and a defensive locker room. So He's talking to the offense, and he's pissed off, and he ends it like this. He goes, they are dog shit on defense. This dramatic pause, and y'all are just sniffing it. (laughs) (laughs) I I was trying so hard not to laugh. I was like, dude, hold a straight face till he leaves because he always, like, comes and yells at you, and then he leaves to go convene with the other coach. I was like, do not laugh
2: (laughs) until he leaves the room. That's a great line. Uh,
3: Then the last one, this wasn't really a gimmick. Happened pretty naturally, but uh, before the game, all right. So we had a we had a good like Division one caliber offensive lineman, and when you first get to the stadium, before you even do like walkthroughs or anything, we just had a we, we would walk the field. I think it was called. You go sit out on the turf for ten minutes to kind of like take it in, and he would sit right at the goalpost with his back up against the goalpost and just sit there for a few minutes. And then we'd go in, get yourself on, and then you would come back out and do stretches and warm ups and everything. Well, we had this other guy who was a little bit of a troublemaker, like linebacker defensive end. So he's not as big, but he can kind of hold his own. He knows that it's our offensive lineman's spot. Mm-hmm. But he goes and sits there anyway for no reason. He's just being a thorn in his side. Right. And offensive lineman's like, Hey, that's my spot and he's like, you know, big whoop, you know. <laughs> he's like, Hey, get the hell out of my spot like this. I've you know, I've been on varsity for two years. This is where I sit before the right. game. And he's like, you know, tough shit, basically. They come to blows. They're, like, punching each other. The coaches aren't out on the field with us yet. And so one of them has, like, a bloody nose, and we're like, well, crap. Like, coach is going to see this, yeah. know that there was a fight, and he's going to be pissed. So we, like, try to hide it. We're like, dude, just, you know, cover your mouth or something. And we get, like, halfway up the tone. We think we're about to get away with it. And our coach kind of does, like, a double take. He's like, "You know what the hell? Like, why is your nose bleeding? And so then I'm like, okay, get out of here. Just go to the locker room. And... uh Again, offensive locker room, defensive locker room. He goes to the defensive locker room first. And this is as pissed off as I've ever seen our head coach. And he got pissed off a lot. And we can hear him, like, on the other side of the locker room walls, you know, just laying into him, like, ah, <gasps> It's just muffled through the walls. And we're like, dang, like, he's about to come for us. He comes into the offensive locker room. And he, he keeps starting sentences, and he can't finish them. He goes, you guys are – y'all want to go out there and – He's pissing like, and he goes, "I can't even look at y'all," and he just walks out. And I was like, "Okay, that wasn't that bad." Like five seconds go by, he sprints into the locker room, kicks the crap out of the trash can, goes flying across the room, and ah, 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 just laying it. I was like, "There it is." I've like, you ever have one of those moments where you're like witnessing something embarrassing, like you're witnessing a conversation between two other people, you just mm-hmm. like wish that you weren't there right oh, now. Yeah. It was that feeling times a thousand. I was like. I wish I could die right here and, like, not have to experience this. Even though it wasn't directed at me, yeah. the maddest I've ever seen our coach, and he got mad sometimes. And uh, I think we won that game. But, bad. dude, a lot of things will piss off a coach. Apparently two players fighting, fighting each other yeah. like an hour before the game. For is, no reason. Yeah, over something totally stupid. And two of his good players. Again, like Division One caliber offensive line, starter on our uh, defensive end. It was not good. I'm glad I wasn't one of those two because I don't know. I'm sure they had it coming after that. I don't really remember if they got punished. But it was, so it was funny. After he yelled at us, he comes back in before we actually go take the field. He was like, hey, wanted to apologize. Like That was an isolated incident. I got mad at the wrong group of people. <laughs> We're like, yeah, you think? Like We didn't punch anybody. But anyway, that was. I guess it worked because, like I said, we won that game.
2: They get wound up. Yeah. The most awkward – team meeting we ever had like that because our coach was verbal too. Mm-hmm. Um, Love him. Good man. They they toned down quite a bit in my time in high school. From my freshman year to my senior year it was quite a different vibe in the locker room. <clears throat> but to a Christian private school and the coach never cussed. Ever. Didn't like it. Gosh darn it. Yeah. Bad He'd Bad Dad it. He'd say dad gummit a lot. Anyways, he comes in and drops a couple of bombs. Like, we we just had a good game. Yeah. We're about to watch film. All the troublemakers had good games, so they're sitting on the front row. They're like, the guy's <laughs> finally going to like me. Um, and he walks in and says, I hear you guys like to w- say the words F. Yeah. Ass. <laughs> Shit. And the guy's never cussed in his life. And we're all just like, whoa. What? what is going on here? what is going on he also has a stack of papers so he's reading off people's zangas of like oh
3: gosh
2: people have said
3: it's like the modern day He yeah. guy posts on his instagram story yes. or something
2: yes so we had a I was on your myspace guy. profile
3: son i did not like what i read not one bit
2: yeah this guy reads zanga posts <laughs> about guys being hung or whatever and it's just the most awkward because, and then he goes around to every single person in the locker room and says, "Son, do you cuss?
3: <laughs> do you now or have you ever?"
2: Every single person in the locker room, he ran around, and if a guy said yes, he would go. Surprises me, man.
3: <laughs> I had a, I played select basketball in middle school. Yeah. And our coach.
2: It's a really long get to get to know the gauchos. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah,
3: it's good for the people to get to know the gauchos. Our head coach was a hard ass, especially for middle school. Yeah. And we're, we're like, suburban kids. Most everybody comes from, like, good, two-parent homes. Pretty soft, honestly. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they all kind of, like, toughened up later in life. Sure. But our coach is, like, not that at all. So we had one guy in our friend group who, you know, know when you're, like, 12 or whatever and it's, like, badass to cuss? Sure. That was him. Like, he knew all the cuss words and, like, knew what – other words meant that, you know, I'm like this naive. I'm like, you the know. The
2: syntax was probably a little off. Yeah. But.
3: And so he was kind of like, I guess, funny or revered in our were because, like, he knew all the all the bad words. Anyway, he was on the basketball team with us, too. And this one time we were playing in Waco. And this team from, I think it's pronounced Mejia. Yeah, Mejia. Mejia. The locals apparently call it Maher. Dude, I kid you not. These guys, like 5 of them roll up just in the bed of the coach's pickup truck. Like that's how they get to the game and mm-hmm. we're like, "Look at these, you know, come on." <laughs> Dude, they wiped the floor with us in the first half. Oh my. And usually halftime, you just like sit on the bench, the coach talks to you and you go back out in the second. He was like, he was like, "Come here. Get your ass up right now." Like takes us to this like side exit out of the gym. You're running? We're like, out, "No, we're not running." we outside the building so he could lay into us. Oh, Like, he didn't mind really cussing at us in front of our parents, but it was like, damn, or like, right. get your ass in gear. It was on another level outside. Like, he did not want our parents to hear what he was about to lay into us with. Right. And so we get done. You know, it's like the halftime from hell, and we get back in the gym, and the friend who knows all the cuss words, he was like, he goes, dang, I didn't even know what some of those words <laughs> meant. <laughs> we're like, shoot, that was bad. Yeah. And they were – they were a better basketball team than us. They still beat us. But he was just pissed that we were, like, not showing any effort. Right. And so the, it was, like, one of those funny conversations to have with your mom after the game. She was like, hey, why did, why did Coach take you all outside the gym for that time? I was like, well, we were in trouble. Yeah. That's why.
2: <laughs> Same coach that never cussed was trying to get us to play harder one, one half. He said, you guys are giving me heart. You guys are giving me head. was <laughs> trying to say- <laughs> trying to say we were just plain smart
3: Yeah I, I had a, a freshman Okay, the same freshman coach who said You're not going to win the Heisman Trophy uh, I guess because we were just freshmen He tried to to catch himself Before he would cuss at us Sure, <laughs> Some kid screwed up at practice He goes, hey man, get your head out of The sand <laughs> Or we're like, you know, by then we're like 14, 15. We're like, yeah. like you can say ass in front of us. Yeah, so you, you can, can say, say pull coach. your head out of your ass. But oh, man. Anyway.
2: You want to make some picks?
3: Yeah, do we need to do Discord mailbag?
2: Uh, we can do either. You want to do that first?
3: Yeah, sponsored by Diversified Lenders. Turn your accounts receivable into cash. Diversifiedlenders.com. Who has better hair, Rob Bro or Quinn Ubers? Mm, I'll go you. His is honestly pretty thinned out. It's not a good look. Pretty it, gross. You got a pretty thick head of hair. So Thank you. I'll go with Rob.
2: I appreciate that because it if you look from the right here. Um even after the Great Clips fiasco, it's still Rob by a mile. That's Big Hen. I just that's not a question, but Big Hen is the goat. After the move to the SEC, who gets canned first? Sarkeesian or Venables?
3: Man. I think
2: also this is D Shout out to D Dos if you remember who that is.
3: Yeah. I think Brent Venables is the worse the worser coach. So on merit, I think that he The what? The worser coach. Worse? Is it just worse?
1: <laughs> Nobody <laughs> ever Grammar called
3: me Grammar Gaucho. <laughs> He's the lesser of the two coaches. Sure. So on merit, he probably deserves to get fired.
2: I think you generally would say Sark is the better coach.
3: But he also got there a year later, so maybe he has a longer leash. I think Stark is actually a decent – I think he's a good X's and O's coach. I don't know if he's a good motivator, leader of young men. Yeah. And I think Texas will pull the trigger more quickly or quicker. Now I'm really self-conscious about my my word choice. I'll say – Sorry. I'll say burnt vegetables because I think one more year like this and he's toast. If Stark can get to nine wins this year, I think he'll not be safe but more comfortable and he can sell them on like we're going in the right direction. Yeah. Whereas burn vegetables has not done anything going in the right direction yet,
2: and there's still a legitimate chance that Texas is in and wins the Big Ten, Big Twelve championship.
3: Yeah, it would it would take a KU upset of K State, but Which
2: I, I don't think that's cra- crazy.
3: And, and Texas is you know pretty heavily favored versus Baylor, so yeah, if they're playing for a Big Twelve championship,
2: how focused are we on OU?
3: Pretty focused, honestly. I was slipping earlier in the week because there was a World Cup match. Basketball? Yeah, you're in Maui three days in a row. I hope that it's not too late to completely shift our focus 100% to OU by like Wednesday, Thursday. And then you got Thanksgiving, so that's going to be a distraction for some. So we need everybody's tweets and everything to remain focused. doesn't matter what we wear. Okay, let's, let's just focus on beating OU.
2: What are your three favorite and three least favorite Thanksgiving sides?
3: Man. I don't want to do 20 minutes here. I made my thoughts clear in the Discord.
2: This isn't on the Discord mailbag. I just wanted to ask you this so I could get this soliloquy.
3: My opinion, in short, is that Thanksgiving foods are largely overrated, and there's a reason why we don't eat most of them more than one or two days per year. Sides give me mac and cheese mashed potatoes and dinner rolls if you'll notice none of those three are specific to thanksgiving so i'm not a green bean casserole guy i'm not a stuffing guy i'm not a pumpkin anything guy give me the turkey and ham and then those sides i mentioned and i'm good
2: cornbread dressing is elite so it's rice dressing but i'm cajun so
3: more for others that's a good thing about doing thanksgiving with me is i'll leave all that
2: do you like dirty rice yeah that's rice dressing
3: Okay. I'd probably...
2: And we eat that all year... I mean, that's not a... Yeah.
3: I eat mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, and dinner rolls year-round. Yeah. I would rather see us... Look, America is the most diverse country in the world.
2: It's a melting pot.
3: Texas is one of the most diverse states in that most diverse country in the world. Yeah. I would love to... Almost like a four-year cycle. One year you go Tex-Mex spread. One year you go barbecue. One year you go Italian. One year you go Chinese food. I
2: think people like the the historic nature of Thanksgiving, and you tell the story of the first Thanksgiving. And
3: but we could do that with different and better foods.
2: Oh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not the turkey guy. I'm not going to complain. Uh, I don't care what you serve me, as long as I'm with my family, because that's what matters to me, Kyle.
3: I'm just saying that there's other. Like especially Chinese food. You could go pot stickers, you could go chicken, you could go beef, you could have different kinds of noodles, you could have rice. Certainly a lot of vegetables in the mix. Now I don't know about like desserts and stuff. Maybe you still incorporate some of your traditional desserts. Pumpkin pie,
2: I think, is Chinese. It's got five spice in it.
3: Anyway, um I'm also not a pie guy. I I uh I can't eat pecans. I'm allergic. I don't like pumpkin flavored anything.
2: You're allergic to tree nuts?
3: Yeah. I don't do walnuts, pecans. Not, no, a, what about both nuts? A, a chicken pot pie? Yeah. yeah, all day long.
2: You're a big pot pie guy.
3: I like chicken pot pie. I like turkey pot pie.
2: What if you did a turkey pot pie and then maybe a, a side or two?
3: Yeah, on, honestly, a lot of the Thanksgiving ingredients you could throw into a pot pie, and it'd Yum. be pretty good. It would be great. So,
2: Just use the turkey gravy. And
3: Here's another thing I I do like about Thanksgiving. It's probably... A way in which I enjoy the food that's different than how other people might enjoy it. But after Thanksgiving, you've got about three or four days worth of turkey or ham sliders. Yep. Just on reheat. And so
2: Did you say that what I mean, everybody does that?
3: I, I didn't know if everybody did that. Oh yeah. Huh?
2: That, that Thanksgiving sandwiches?
3: Is that what they're called? I mean Thanksgiving sandwich?
2: Leftover sandwich. Yeah. Everybody does that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, you remember the moist maker in uh Friends?
3: No. Uh, not, not familiar with that guy. show. Uh, no. They dip the middle piece
2: of bread in gravy. Okay. How, uh, what's the uniform combination prediction? He already said black, red, black.
3: He didn't specify, though. He did not. I hope it's throwback black, red, black. I'm not going to get my hopes up because it's probably not, but that would be sweet.
2: Have they done a red throwback?
3: No. Yeah. Well, white, red, white. But they have not done red with black yet. For the throwbacks.
2: Watched the game against Creighton, we lost. Didn't watch against Louisville, we demolished. Am I no longer allowed to watch
3: the game? Who is that? Big Hen. Oh. If it was like Maddie, I was gonna say, yeah, stay away, but ain't I want no, I want no curses. I want Big Hen to be able to watch the game. Yeah, ain't no curses. Kind of a shot at Maddie. Oh yeah, that's okay. I mean I already cut him on That's true. On a previous episode.
2: Now, this is an interesting question that I'll just let you answer however you want to. How long do you all see this coaching staff staying together?
3: I hope I'm not being naive. The football coaching staff? I'm assuming. There's pretty much – do you know what a – what is that term? You know, I'm a big bell curve guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's no way all eleven stay, but let's just call it the top three.
3: There's also something in stats where there's like two bell curves. And like the example that's always cited is the bell curve for people who cheated on the test. Like their average score is going to be different. And then the bell curve for people who didn't cheat on the test. I kind of view it that way with coaches. Either they're here for a short time because they suck and they get fired. Or they're here for a short time because they audition for three years and they get promoted to a different job. Or they stay for like 10 years. Feel like there's very few in the middle that say six or seven. It's either three or four or eight to ten. So it
2: feels like the bell curve would be three, but they suck. Ten. Three, but they're good.
3: No, it's two separate bell curves.
2: I I know, but it also seems like the bell curve
3: could be that. No, it's not how that works. Sure. I hope I'm not being naive, but it does seem sincere. I mean, Joey in his opening press conference said, I will die at Texas Tech. Yeah. And Tommy Tuberville, a day before taking the Auburn job, said, they're going to have to carry me out of here in a pine box, and and he left. But I do not think this staff, if they do a good job in year three, year four, will take the quote-unquote promotion to a bigger-name program, I think they're here for the long haul. Uh, And I don't think they'll fail and get fired after year three or year four. So who, Who would hire Joey away?
2: Is there another school that that could outpay
3: A&M? Don't you think they would love that?
2: Oh, they would love him, and Texas would love him eventually, I'm sure, if he wins at Texas Tech. But is, is is McGuire Tavlock? Is he in West Texas where he wants to be? And College Station and Austin just aren't his speed. He would rather be in West Texas or the Metroplex.
3: I think it would have to be a program that recruits Texas really heavily, Yeah, that is clearly a rung or two above Texas Tech, like an Oklahoma, an LSU, an a and a Texas. Like he's not going to leave for Baylor or Oklahoma State no. or Colorado or even I don't think like a Nebraska I don't with the state so. that they're in.
2: I think – and I think Tim DeRuiter is a question finally in a place that he can settle down.
3: When, when is the last time a Texas Tech head football coach got hired away – to a quote-unquote better job?
2: Uh, David Mook Williams.
3: 40 years ago? Yeah. 35 years ago?
2: People always... We've done this before. People always call us the stepping stone job. Is Joey wouldn't be the one to leave. Uh, Kitley...
3: Tubbs left for Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. The others we either fired or they retired.
2: Right. Uh, Kitley would be the first to leave, I think. He has the most opportunity to grow into uh, either a head coaching job or whatever else. Tim Derugger has... has done the head coaching thing I don't think he would leave for a head coaching job he might scratch that itch again I don't know um but but I would say you could certainly have this coaching staff for three or four years uh and then I hope Zach Kitley gets an opportunity how about that because I I want to be that successful where somebody's given him at like incarnate word or somebody's given him a head coaching job Houston Baptist wants him back to run their program if that's what Zach Kitley wants to do
3: yeah, and honestly, I if I were Zach Kidley, I would not see the appeal in going to try no. to grind it out at a job like that because that You're is a go. grind Yeah. versus just staying as a coordinator at a Power 5. Because Power 5 coordinators get hired to be head coaches all the time. Right. You don't necessarily have to go do it at the FCS group of five level before a Power 5 school will hire you. and you. know he's very young. So. Yeah.
2: Uh, Joey has passed Matt Wells already and getting to a bowl game in his first year and beating two Big 12 teams in a row. What other ways has Joey beaten Matt Wells in just one season of recruiting? For one. Recruiting. Uh, Matt Wells loses to Houston, Texas, and Iowa State this season. I don't know.
3: Texas and Iowa State, yeah, for sure.
2: In what other ways has Joey surpassed Matt Wells in year one?
3: Recruiting, community buy-in. I don't think you have a lot of these facilities momentum, the NIL Matador Club momentum with Matt Wells in year four. It would be stale, and those people would be on the sidelines. Instead, they see the vision that McGuire has, and they feed off his energy. And so, all these ways, I think, are tangible ways that you've improved the program by making the switch from Matt Wells to Joey McGuire.
2: Keith Patterson went seven and four at A C U this year, played in the WAC championship game and beat Sam Houston State in year one. Would Keith Patterson have fared better as head coach at Texas Tech over Matt Wells? Is his defensive coordinator?
3: Had he ever been a head coach?
2: Tech improved more with Keith Patterson than with Yost and Cumbie.
3: Keith Patterson was 1-0 at Texas Tech as head coach.
2: Yes, he was against Kansas, 16-13. Matt
3: Will's got COVID.
2: Yeah. I hope that Keith Patterson would have a different recruiting strategy. Um
3: Could it have been worse? Y- yes. Really?
2: Oh, the recruiting strategy? Yeah. No. No, I, I, the coaching could have been worse. I mean, yeah. that's like a famous last uh-huh. word, but it was pretty bad. Yes, I like Keith Patterson more than Matt Wells I always did. I loved Keith Patterson at Texas Tech, and I would have kept Keith Patterson um, in some worlds.
3: I liked both your coordinators last year. Yes. I thought most games – TCU was a disaster. Texas was a disaster. Right. OU out-talented you. Besides that, in every game. Cumby and Patterson seem like a pretty good duo. If you had the right CEO doing yep. the recruiting and delegating, they could have they could have been very successful here, I think.
2: Yeah, that, that trio would have been very successful long term. Like I'm, if
3: Joey had just kept those two. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I really like DeRooter. And I don't think I ever got this thought out, but DeRooter is finally at a place where he can set down some roots, but he's been a fast mover. He's kind of a guy that moves on a lot. Uh, But he was at Cal for a good stretch. Um, And I think Texas Tech is a place that DeRuiter fits really well and could stay. And as a defensive coordinator, it's not a high bar here. People are very happy with him this year, and he's doing just what Patterson did the last two years. Yeah. 30 points a game.
3: And I think he... I think and hope he would see the potential in McGuire and Blanchard and Nance's recruiting chops Yes, with his track record. He's coached Von Miller. Tyree Wilson's about to be a top 20 pick. Um, Kayvon Kay- Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau. And, and, and that's Lots only one. That,
2: several defenders through Cal.
3: That's only one position on the field. Right. But I, I would have to think that they make a pretty formidable duo saying like McGuire can get you in the door with any coach in this state, yeah. and then you can go sell them on Von Miller, Kayvon Thibodeau, and soon-to-be Tyree Wilson. Yeah, and, and, again, that's one position, but you can sell that to a defensive tackle. You can sell that to a linebacker. Say, we, we develop and find the best. Come play for us. Uh,
2: did we talk about this on Sunday? No, we didn't because he said it Monday. Uh, Reggie Pearson. Oh. Back. Uh, Rabbit back. Weston Wright back. Allegedly. No, he was weighing it.
3: Yeah, he was going to. Oh,
2: but just those two safeties is huge.
3: Yeah, uh, so I think Don Williams had an article about this. Muddy is for sure gone. He has no eligibility left. Right. Krishan Merriweather and right. Tyree Wilson, of course. Mm-hmm. The ones that are really going to make or break. Here's a here's a fun prop bet for you. Rashad right. Williams, yeah. Malik Dunlap, your two starting corners, and your two starting interior defensive linemen, Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford. They're all, it seems like, on the fence, guys. They could come back for the right opportunity. They could leave for the right opportunity. Over under two and a half from that four we will be back in Lubbock next season.
2: I really think both of those defensive linemen come back. And if I was Malik Dunlap, I would come back. So just because I hope it happens, I'm going to say over.
3: I think I agree with you. I don't think any of them I think they would all be fringe NFL like camp invite guys. Yeah. And with NIL you could say, Hey, young man, come back and make another twenty five thousand, get your MBA, continue to develop. And it's a totally different ball game with an Eric Azukama, who he said, like, dude, yep. go get paid. You're a third rounder, go get yes. paid.
2: Capitalize on what you did.
3: If you're oh. a camp invite guy this year, your stock can only go up really I mean, unless you get a really devastating injury, God forbid. Right. I think some of those guys have the NFL measurables, or you know, fringe. The corners have really good measurables. Um, Rayshad, I think, is he because he's a year older.
2: Ah, well, I guess he's the same age as Dunlap. Dunlap just jumps so much from one system to the next. Just think about a year or two in this system; it seems like he really fits.
3: That'd be a huge if you get both, or even one of those defensive line back. Mm-hmm. You have you have Philip has been. They've been a great three man rotation yeah. to kind of keep them fresh. Gambling Gauchos athlete, Philip Bleedy. If at least two from that trio, Bleedy, Hutchings, Bradford, are back, that's a good start. Joseph Adateray looks like a dog. Go, Raiders! The buttons are right next to each Dog. No. Sorry. If you get at least one of the corners back, that's a good starting point. Adrian Fry is gone. He's out of eligibility, so maybe Kobe Minor. So it's really only a kind Who's of a
2: – Jalen Peoples or a freshman –
3: It's really only kind of a daunting scenario if you lose both corners, both defensive linemen. Then you kind of start to feel a little bit thin.
2: Well, and I thought you were going to lose either Reggie or Rabbit, too. Yeah. Both of those back is a surprise to me, which is really good. And the more these guys that come back as seniors and and COVID seniors and juniors even that have an opportunity at the NFL, that's all culture. Mm -hmm. To wanting to come back, and that's proof that they think it's changing and they want to be part of the change, and they want to be part of the bis- the big season here at Texas
3: Tech. There's also just seemingly some precedent there. Guys like Colin Schooler, Rico Jeffers, yeah. choosing to use the extra year. So I know it's a decision that these guys have to weigh. And like Eli Howard, back when he was here, I think there was a couple times where he was like, do I just want to be done with football or yeah. keep playing? And he kept playing. And so that's the
2: Lubbock culture. This It's beyond yeah. a coach.
3: So I hope you have – because that's – I don't want to minimize the losses of Tyree Wilson, Kershawn Merriweather, and I'm blanking on the third one. My name just a minute ago. Uh, waters, Muddy. but if, if you're both of your starting corners, both your starting safeties and your two interior defensive linemen, that is a great starting point for next oh, year. Cause there, there've been years where you're turning over way more than that and you don't know what you're going to get.
2: Well, and Jacob Rodriguez is back. Um, one of the linebacker spots, I'm sure he will grow into Josiah a starter. Pierre. He's been playing a lot. Uh, Josiah Pierre, who he's got to be up there now. Huh? Is he going to be a senior next year?
3: He came here, I think, with four years to play three, or maybe four to play four. Maybe he just redshirted at Florida. Yeah, redshirted at Florida. So he might still have at least a year, maybe two.
2: Two, yeah. So that's awesome. And he has really come on, man. I, I've been really impressed with him.
3: Uh. Compared to other
2: schools in the conference, let's say in the last 10 years, uh, how bad do you rank the Matt Wells higher? And then he says higher or lower than Neil Brown.
3: And he spelled it K-N-E-E-L. Insightful question submitted to us on the Discord mailbag, which you can be a part of, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. Trying to think of a worse or higher. I said worse again. One of them batter hires out of all the hires that today done made. Um, a worse hire in the Big 12, <clears throat> TCU has only hired one guy in right, the last and quarter it century. it looks pretty good. Same with Oklahoma State. It looks pretty good. OU fans will probably tell you that Vegetables has taken their program back more steps than Wells took your program.
2: Baylor's had hit on all their hires.
3: Iowa State can't complain. Yeah, it's probably Wells. Gene Chizik? Yeah, how long was the window for us to –
2: well, it, it just set, it doesn't give a window. I'll,
3: I'll say since like the new round-robin Big 12. Neil so Brown was the worst. Chiswick was before that. So Neil Brown, Matt Wells, Burnt Vegetables are all, I guess, Charlie Strong. Yeah. I, I like him personally. but
2: That was a bad hire.
3: Like At least Tom Herman, he won a Sugar Bowl. He played in a Big 12 championship game.
2: I thought they fired Tom Herman too quick. They I, fired him because they didn't want to sing the song, and it was 2020 and everything was going crazy.
3: And they had Sarkeesian just waiting in the wings. Oh, and anytime you can hire a guy who's thirty six and twenty four, you got to do it. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I, it, it's one of the one of the bad ones for sure.
2: Neil Brown sucks. Oh, less miles.
3: Matt Wells three and o versus Neil Brown. So I guess maybe he's a rung above him.
2: Mm, less miles. He was one and one against.
3: One no, the, he was zero and one. Keith Patterson one beat less miles.
2: No, but he they played. They played. He. They beat him before he got fired.
3: Before we fired Wells? Yeah. That was Leipold year one.
2: That was Leipold year one. Matt Wells
3: did not beat Les Miles. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you can you can be like, well, what, he would have if not for that COVID. You won that game by like three points.
2: Yeah,
3: 16-13. I'm being serious. Like, it's kind of funny. But maybe Keith Patterson's coaching chops won you that game versus the alternative. I don't know.
2: Maybe so. That's it.
3: Okay, let's make some picks then.
2: Okay. You want me to pull those up too?
3: Yeah. It's getting
2: late.
3: Arizona putting it on San Diego State. I think Arizona and Creighton is going to be a really good championship game. We'll see how it goes, but there's a good chance you ran into the best team in Maui, game one. Nothing to hang your head about. And uh, Ohio State tomorrow. I, is this the first
2: half? 33 points, three minutes left in the first half. That's pretty good. Yeah,
3: 33-19. All right,
2: let's start in Austin. P.S. Uh, Baylor, Texas. You
3: I hate that like song. Like Blake Shelton? Not, not that song. I'm more of a Car fan of so chew to back and chew to back and chew oh to back and spit.
2: That's the worst Blake Shelton song of all time.
3: It's better than Austin.
2: What about Old Red? No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Austin is a banger, dude. I'll sing it any time it comes on.
3: Okay, my honest Blake Shelton take is that the beginning was really bad. The latter years were really bad. In between there, like 08, no, the early- 08 to 2011 was okay. He lost
2: his magic when he cut his mullet.
3: <laughs> What's your favorite Tim McGraw era? Ooh. I think he's been good in you know, across eras.
2: Yeah.
3: I like the early stuff. Yeah, barbecue, barbecue stain. stain. A white but even like, you know, He's felt good on my lips. That was 15 years shirt. later. Yeah. Don't take the girl. That'll tug at your heartstrings. Don't
2: take them. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, with you. You have a daughter. Yeah, but. I don't have a daughter. That's yeah. That's all I'm saying.
3: But yeah. it's not. Yeah. At the end of it. The end of it is when his wife is having complications giving birth, which my family will not have. A have. wife. Yeah, I don't but wipe either. Thankfully,
2: I'm just saying that that song wouldn't tug at my heartstrings. As well, much sure, as it would. It, it
3: ought to tug at anyone's heartstrings. No,
2: I don't. I don't. Nah.
3: you're not a sensitive Red Raider, then.
2: Oh, uh, what about? <laughs> I'm a psychopath, probably. <laughs> what about um the uh, the bull named Fu Manchu? Yeah,
3: that's a good. Uh, uh,
2: what's what's that? Of course, what's the title of that song? Uh. On a bull name, I know the song. You. What's the
3: name of the song, though? I
2: went sky diving. Rocky Mountain went, climbing. Rocky Mountain climbing. What's the name of that song, I, though?
3: Hang on. Quit singing it for a second. Let me think.
2: Seven seconds. On a bull
3: down. Oh, it's man. probably called Live Like You Were Dying.
2: I was almost there. It's
3: probably the name of the song.
2: Yeah. What's you the barbecue stain like,
3: song, though? Because uh, I thought it was called Barbecue Stain, but I don't think that's what No, it was. I don't
2: think that's right. <laughs> Got killing me barbecue, in that miniskirt. Thing, t-shirt. What are
3: we Heart doing? Don't Forget.
2: A moment like this?
3: Something like that. moment like this is a different song. Heart Don't Some forget. people wait a lot of... That's not a Tim McGraw song. No, you know Tim not. McGraw is married to uh, Faith Hill.
2: Yeah. Tim McGraw was in... What's your Blindside? favorite Faith Hill song? Um, I have no idea.
3: Mississippi Girl? Miss, she, Mississippi girl Don't change her ways Just sound, cause everybody Knows her name
2: Um What's the I feel like a woman
3: That's Shania oh, that's Twain Shania Twain first, first woman I ever Had a crush on by the way
2: Shania Twain Mine was Allie Lauder If you know you know
3: I think Faith Hill is uh, Breathe I can feel you breathe <laughs> Watching over me I
2: don't know any uh, so What's the one about the sun The sun drops
3: I can feel the sun Teardrops on my guitar? No, that's
2: not it.
3: Raindrop. Drop top.
2: No, that's not Taylor Swift.
3: That's not. uh, Sun drops.
2: Something about the sun. I can feel the sun on my face or something.
3: Oh, uh, the Lone Star song? Amazed? I'm the sunshine in your hair. (laughs) I'm the shadow on the ground. It's
2: either Shania Twain or Faith Hill.
3: I'm the whisper in the wind,
2: and people say that George Strait is. I'm the best your of all imaginary
3: time. friend. That's a great song, and I'll be there till the end. All right, what other random country Joe musicians Diffie? do what? Joe Diffie. I don't know Joe Diffie. <laughs> He's a John Deere man. You
2: That's like the song Snake Farm?
3: Yeah, I know a band called Snake Farm. Yeah. It just sounds nasty. So Snake Farm, the band. Snake Farm. You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. I I bet I will. So my stepdad's friends have a band called Snake Farm. It's a bunch of like 60-year-old guys in in Plano. (laughs) They go to like the local like Applebee's and – not Applebee's, but like restaurants like that and they'll play out on the patio. Oh, my God. They refuse to play – what's the song they won't play? They won't play Tom Sawyer by Rush. Ta-na, ta-na. I don't know. It's a cool song.
2: Me, uh,
3: Were we still in the mailbag? Uh, we, we were making picks. Yeah. Texas versus Baylor.
2: I'm going to be honest. I had a, a Primo Vibes gummy before you came over because I thought, it would, I thought okay. we weren't going to have a long episode.
3: Here's the situation. We were going to do Texas-Baylor. You didn't even tell me what the spread was because you started you singing s- about Austin.
2: P.S. And that's, that was awesome. the rabbit
3: trail, yeah. All right. What's the spread?
2: No free ads. What are you pointing at? No, I was just – I had a Primo vibe earlier. I was just going to say, if, if you order Primo vibes at PrimoVibes.com, you can use the promo code KKM. Oh They're great, dude. A lot of Primo awesome. vibes in the Cardinal Sports Center studio great tonight. vibes today. Um, after you were so aggressive last week, it's kind of nice to know you're my friend again. Uh, Baylor text <laughs> – Baylor uh- – Eight-and-a-half point dog on the road against Texas.
3: Yeah, dog. give me give me the plus eight-and-a-half. Really? Really. I took this... And in- if not, if not, then uh, Dave Aranda, sub-500 in the Big 12 through three years. Well, he can... Something to monitor.
2: He can cover and still be that.
3: Well, if they don't cover.
2: Oh, against the spread. Yeah. Sub-500 against the spread.
3: No, no, no. If they don't cover, if they lose by... Nine or more, right? Then they will have for sure lost straight up, and he'll be below 500 straight up in Big 12 play through three years,
2: right? Despite they,
3: everybody wanting to, and I quote Dennis Green, crown his ass.
2: But they could cover and still be all that.
3: But I said if they don't, then Dave Randall will be below 500.
2: You see what he does?
3: I, I just said the same thing that I told you the first time,
2: right? But I wasn't correcting you, I, know you I was weren't. just Adding on, and then you were correcting
3: me. Even no, though I'm just saying if they don't cover, then they obviously didn't win. Right, right. So he'll be below 500 in Big 12 play through three years. Um, he is who we thought he was.
2: I took Texas at minus four and a half. Uh, I think Texas will win the game. Well, aren't you sharp? Um, I did not think it would go – I even think this might have even been a look-ahead line that I took last week or two weeks ago. Hopefully
3: Texas wins by six, and we both – that would Cha-ching. Awesome. Uh, 56 total? Over. I have not done
2: the pick yet. Remind me to do that before you leave.
3: We didn't do it the last two weeks.
2: No, we did it last week. I did. I did.
3: Okay. I didn't see it. I...
2: Mm, we might not have posted it, <laughs> but I did it and sent it to you. Uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. What's the spread? Uh, minus eight and a half again.
3: I, I always pick the ears and Oklahoma State's been so bad down the stretch. Give me the ears plus in, eight and a half.
2: In Stillwater. Who cares? They're a pretty striking road and away.
3: It, they've not been good for the last month. They've been
2: bad. West Virginia?
3: Oklahoma State.
2: No, West Virginia's pretty striking home and away. Okay when they're on the road. Oh uh,
3: yeah. Oklahoma State's been really bad.
2: I'm doubling down on West Virginia. Plus eight. I think we agree there.
3: Uh, total 64? Under. Oklahoma State can't score.
2: Yeah, it's going to be way under. And I surely Spencer Sanders doesn't play again. He might. I don't know. The usage rate on him against Oklahoma was insane. After he couldn't play but a quarter against Iowa State.
3: I think it's a Keenan Evans situation where they can give him a shot in the arm, quite literally. But it wears off.
2: I think Spencer Sanders was choosing to sit out and then inserted himself back in. Iowa State at TCU. This line is settled at plus 10.
3: What's the Cyclones money line?
2: Plus 285. Let's ride. In Fort Worth. You
3: think so? Let's ride. We're about to find out if Matt Campbell's got a five-star culture. One team... Motivated to make the college football playoff. The other team, absolutely nothing to play for other than ruining their season.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I wouldn't put it past them.
2: Uh, I, would, I would take TCU to cover. And I have not been on that bandwagon for most of the season. I've tried to fade TCU at every turn, so maybe this will jinx them. Kansas, at Kansas State, this is the Sunflower Showdown. Cats. I was really trying to figure out what to say there. Minus twelve. Cats. Wildcats minus twelve. Total at sixty-two and a half. Under. You know what I'm betting.
3: Kansas' opponent and the over.
2: Hell yeah. Texas Tech, Oklahoma, plus two. Texas Tech at home. Total is sixty four and a half. I will start this one. I'll take Texas Tech. I think they'll win the game. I think this is a very tight total. I'm going to go close game, 31-34-28. And it's 27-28, fourth quarter. And Taj Brooks scores, and they have to review it, and they call it uh, confirmed. Just like Torian Anderson.
3: I'll say Texas Tech wins. I'm a believer in the momentum both within this season and of the program generally. And I think you're finally going to check these boxes that we were talking about. First winning conference record, all that good stuff. I'm a believer. I don't know what the game will look like. I think you just find a way to win at this point.
2: Yeah, and it's it's really hard to peg, huh? Because on one hand, just run the damn ball. But on a bunch of other hands, you know, what does Tyler Shuck do well? What is his defense susceptible to? What are your guys doing? We got to figure all that out.
3: Do you want to say a bunch of stuff we're thankful for before we wrap up?
2: I don't know if we have to do a bunch, but uh, we can certainly do that.
3: Well, it's a season of Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah. Do you have them written down? Got a few. Okay.
3: <laughs> we
2: didn't prepare for this.
3: Hopefully, off the top of your head, you can think of some stuff sure. you're thankful for. Yeah. I am thankful for the Parlay Picadors. It was back in, oh, I don't know, May. Off season, a little bit bored. Not really sure what we were doing next with the podcast. I was like, dude, what if we start a Patreon? And you were like, yeah, why, like, what would we do? I was like, I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll figure out the perks later. And I think your dad was the first Parlay Picador.
2: Uh, Tyler... Tyler was okay in the Discord, and then my dad was second.
3: We had like four subscribers for a while there, and then yeah. kind of like picked up. I remember when it really felt alive was the Big 12 baseball tournament.
2: Yes. when well, we got the Discord rocking.
3: Yeah. Because I think we had the Patreon for a little bit before the Discord. Yeah. But anyway, it's grown into a, a really fun online community, but also offline. I've gotten to meet a lot of them and and some of them that I knew before get to know them a little bit better when they come to Lubbock for game day weekends and it's just a lot of fun and not to get all sappy and crap but like people uh you know get married have kids right in the 6 months we've been doing the discord and it's like fun it's like you feel like you know these people and and they're your friends and so we didn't have that 6 years ago even though we had the podcast up and running for close to a year so it's been a lot of fun Maybe it's not for everybody, but if you do want to join and, and be a part of that, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. It's 5 bucks a month, a lot of perks.
2: I love how you can – I'm thankful that you can work an ad read into everything.
3: Yeah, I felt like I got really insincere at the end there because it That's turned right. into an ad read, but I meant what I said. Yeah. And then a portion of proceeds go back to the Matador Club to support our student athletes. On that note, full transparency, when we make the donation – I always put in the note that this is from the Parlay Picadors listeners of the Gambling Gaucho's podcast, but they need like a billing address, and so I put my info. Right, sure. And so they sent me a little gift. They sent me a ball cap and a sticker, which I wish I could share with the ninety. You
2: didn't even tell me we got that. You just to keep well, that yourself. Well, it came in the
3: mail like yesterday.
2: Oh, okay. What was the hat? It was a Matador Club. Yeah, hat Yeah, like tech
3: a Mat- hat? Matador Club hat. I wish I could split it several different ways. I'll probably just keep it, though, if that's cool with everybody.
2: I mean, one of us is the hat guy, but...
3: Oh, uh, no, that's right. Yeah, no, no it should no, be you, your hat of the day. No, 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 no yeah, I insist. No, no. <laughs> In no, fact, I'll re-gift it as your Christmas present No, 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 this year. no, I don't want it. You know, just wait a month. It's okay. all okay. yours. all right. All right, well, now you have to say something you're thankful for.
2: Um, are you hiding the... Your notes of yeah, it? you can't
3: look at my answers.
2: <laughs> I, I I don't want I don't want your answers. I, I do want to echo some of the sentiments there, the the Parley Picadors, uh, but just the audience as a whole. There's a lot of stuff that that we do that is quote unquote engagement baiting or making listicles or baiting people on Twitter with a little bit of harmless trash talk and the other fan bases mostly play along so well and it's just a really cool audience and group that we've cultivated and and that have you know grown with us and kansas state fans iowa state fans very few kansas oklahoma texas fans Uh, but even the tcu guys the the lupton beers guys and just the uh, the broad audience i'm very thankful for because you know there are a lot of times i don't want to do this anymore as far as my day job but gambling gauchos is really up to my passion again and you're a big part of that too kyle
3: i think rob just said he was thankful for me did everybody get that i am i'm thankful for you too as my my co-host and that's spelled c-e-a-u-x slash h-e-a-u-x s-t a lot of vowels the co-host uh, we told the story before, but it's, it was funny. Like when we started reaching out to sponsors, trying to monetize the podcast, they're like, so how long have you guys known each other? And we're like, you know, three months. So it has been cool that, cause you know, some, you never know how things are going to go when you just slide into a stranger's DMs. Right. But I feel like episode one, we had chemistry, which I, I knew we would based on how we both tweeted. I was like, me and this guy are simpatico. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. You all right over there? You got, you got some West Texas in your eye? Yeah. I'll echo that, too, that I'm I'm thankful for the camaraderie with other um, content creators and, and fans, both of Texas Tech and other schools. You know, Like, it doesn't always have to be – there's a certain segment of fan. It's, like, hyper-defensive. They think anything they see on Twitter is trash talk, and I'm like – I've got, I really don't have anything bad to say about Kansas State, Iowa State, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Baylor.
2: Yeah, but guys like Cyclone Larry just make it fun.
3: Yeah, So and, and there's people like that across Big 12 Twitter. Um, Even Kyle O'Meara. Like, you know, there's a certain side of him that we got to see that others may not. And, look, it all boils down to, like, how seriously do you take Twitter? Yeah. And if you hate-read Kyle Long's tweets, then, yeah, it'll probably piss you off. If Are you you're,
2: saying it's not that serious? Yeah.
3: If you read a tweet about Dana Beers and you take it seriously, maybe just take it less seriously. Yeah. No, like, there's a fine line because sometimes we will tweet, like, actual data and, like...
2: Yeah. It's, just, s- it's just facts, though.
3: Serious analysis. But there's also other times you're just goofing around on Twitter and it's not that deep. Um, I'm thankful for our sponsors.
2: Very thankful.
3: Day one and the new ones. Because you and I starting off, we're two idiots just talking ball, which is fun. And then as it grew, thanks to our audience and mm-hmm. our followers, it became more of a platform where you can promote stuff. And we, we try to promote good things. We've done, um, you know, Matador Club. We tried to promote buying school supplies for teachers and also promoting local businesses, small businesses. And so uh it, it's been it's been fun to have businesses kind of buy in and, and hopefully think highly of us and the platform. And we of course think highly of them and want to support them and what they're doing. And so I, I'm I'm thankful and grateful for all current and past and future. Our email address is gamblinggauchos at gmail.com we'll sponsors. <laughs> I can turn any Serious, sincere yeah. sentiment into a cheap ad read, like a used car and salesman.
2: It doesn't matter if it's the free sponsors that were with us just so we sounded cool in the first couple of episodes. Um, sponsors that not are, are not around anymore.
3: It's like, wait, you guys are getting paid for this?
2: Yeah. See, shout out to Senior Chubbies and yeah. uh, Curbside Car curbside Wash. Curbside Car Wash, yeah. Um, friend of mine. You really should call Gabe, though. He's good. <laughs> um. But you know, it's not the times that you talk sports with friends. It's really the memories you make along the way, huh?
3: What if the real gambling gauchos was the friends we made along the way?
2: Isn't that a Blackbeard quote? It's not all the villages we pillaged, and
3: yeah, I'm not sure. Booty that.
2: we secured. The real treasure was the friends we made along the way.
3: Yeah. What else are you thankful for?
2: Joey Maguire. Ditto. You know, this podcast trajectory really goes in line with Texas Tech football because our first major episode was us calling for Matt Wells' head and then he was fired the next day. Um, And then we had the whole Joey Maguire, Hiram Maguire thing. That was our first big social media push.
3: It's really funny to look back on that. It felt like we were blowing up during hashtag hire Maguire. Yeah. But if you look at the analytics from that month no. versus now it's like was any did anybody even know that we were tweeting about right. Joey Maguire? Yeah.
2: Probably not. But we we were having fun. If a tree falls in the yeah. forest, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Do you have anything else?
3: Oh yeah. I mean I could keep I'm a pretty thankful guy.
2: I'm thankful for your family that allows you to Miss so much time and come do all these episodes.
3: Yeah, honestly, pretty insane volume of content. And listen to us during football season. You and I do three episodes a week. Yeah, Gad is usually thirty to forty-five minutes, but these drone on, and it's it's my fault. It's like, oh, we just all did an right. hour and forty-five minutes. Pretty equal because Kyle was telling stories about his high school football coach. <laughs> hour forty-five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a good sense for this. It's
2: really an hour fifty, but I don't remember how long we had it on before we started streaming.
3: Um, and so yeah, it is. It, this is funny. We were
2: also singing country music for about t- <laughs> 10 when minutes. we
3: when we started the podcast. Uh-huh. I knew that my wife was with child, but it was at the stage where I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. Yeah. So I was like, I'm about to start this podcast with this guy. Like, he's going to be throwing a curveball. You know, right. six or seven months into this, and it, you know. Usually we always make it work, like put her down for bed and then I come over to record the podcast or whatever. But yes, I am very thankful that my wife allows us not to do like one episode a week, but three right. a week. Right. And you know, communicate with people on Discord and publish articles on Patreon.
2: She drops a couple of hammers in there too.
3: Yeah, she's like the the deadly the silent assassin. She'll <laughs> lurk until just the right moment on Discord and then Oh no,
2: that that's a great it's fine. everyone.
3: So, so yeah, thankful, yeah, thankful for that as well. And, uh, yeah, my mother-in-law is, like, probably, probably our most loyal listener. I think she's yeah. probably listened to every single episode, which even awesome. I have not done.
2: That's awesome. I have not either.
3: How often do you listen to our podcast? I don't. I do sometimes just for feedback. Like, when we first started, yeah. I was like, man, I say, uh... Every other word. Yeah. Uh, Texas Tech uh, will uh, win. I'm sure I still uh, suck uh, at it sometimes, but I, I think also, I've gotten better.
2: I also do 15 hours of live radio, so I, I don't need to listen to my voice any more than I already do.
3: Right. I also like to listen to interviews hours. over again because a lot of time during interviews... I, I
2: have listened to interviews, yes.
3: I'm thinking about the next question or like a follow-up, mm-hmm. and I, I learn more when I re-listen to the interview.
2: Yeah, sometimes I'll go back on patreon.com slash gambling gauchos to listen to some of those great... <laughs> okay,
3: that one was your fault. <laughs> Dusty Womble. I'm thankful for all the people that have joined us as guests, especially early on. Yeah. Because I think now, not to...
2: I mean, BJ, 600 followers, maybe when he... Yeah. Before we even started the podcast, I actually reached out to... People don't know this. I reached out to BJ as being like a third host. And joining us way more often, uh, we worked kind of a. I don't think I actually ever asked them that. We we talked of about the show him
3: that type arrangement. Yeah, but yeah, so it's one thing, and I don't want to minimize at all the guests we have currently.
0: Oh
3: no, but if we reach out to, let's say, like some beat writer at a local newspaper to get some insight on the next opponent we're playing, they go, "Oh, these guys have thirteen thousand Twitter followers. They're probably legit. They have an audience. I'll do it." But we had. Like a literal NCAA record holder, BJ Simmons. Yeah, when our uh, our logo on Twitter was Rob's Me he's BJ's probably like, "Who the hell are the gambling gouts? What is that?"
2: And now, me and BJ had he'd been on the Rob Bro show. Okay, so we had some. Okay, yeah, there.
3: no, you had your ties,
2: but still, Dallas Braden was real early. Jeff Goodman. Jeff Goodman bit on the on the uh,
3: bait? As a joke. So, I mean, Jeff Goodman, we just DM'd him, and he was like, yeah, sure, I'll come on your podcast. We're like, oh, okay. And yeah. then you tweeted as a joke, who should we get next? And somebody was like, Dallas Braden, and they tagged him. Yeah. And we're like, huh, yeah, right. And he yeah. responds, and we're like, oh, okay. And so All we right, DM him, we're yeah. like, do you want to come on our podcast? He goes, yeah.
2: Has he ever answered us?
3: No. So we quadruple text him?
2: Well, we need to ask him if he wants to come on again. We definitely will. That'd be good to catch up with. Yeah. But Sonny Cumbie, yeah. something I never talked to you about on the Sonny Cumbie interview, just kind of a funny thing. Um, I had, I've talked to Sonny Cumbie before, but really just like either in a press conference or – like I'd never interviewed him one-on-one. And when we opened that interview, he was like, yeah, it's great to talk to you guys again. I hadn't, and, and I was like, well, well, again, I don't know if it's again.
3: Sonny Cumbie must have read and mastered – Dale Carnegie's "How to Win yeah. Friends and Influence People." So good. He he is so good. he.
2: We were old friends, man.
3: If I was a if I was a three star prospect, I would probably go play for Sonny Comby. He would win me over, yeah, and my mom over in my mom's over. She'd be like, "You need to go play for that guy." Yeah, he's gonna be really successful as a head coach.
2: I yeah. I I don't know if he's in the great greatest spot, but sometimes you just gotta take the job, and I, I think he can turn that around.
3: So yeah, he he in that interview, you're right. He had never met me before no. had never talked to him but he pretends like I'm some old friend yeah, hey man good awesome. to catch up with you again I'm like oh yeah okay. it made you feel good Yeah. so yeah having guests like that that really in some ways we probably don't or didn't deserve their time at the time when we interviewed them it's pretty cool when they when they will you know come on and, and share some insight with us yeah so, and a
2: lot of that is they're thank, also thankful for that too childhood heroes I, mean, I grew up a Sonny Comby, BJ Simmons fan yeah um, we talked to Mickey Peters early, way early. Yeah, he was maybe our second guest. Mickey, probably Peters. probably so. Yeah, um, even guys like uh, Noren Sodiase, Noren Sodiase, Keenan Ward. Where
3: mm-hmm. more uh, play, recent? We're,
2: we're older now, but it's also uh, amazing watching those guys play and then connecting on a different level. So
3: yeah, because those two were students when I was a student, and so I was like going to the games to cheer on. Yeah. my peers like age wise, like those guys theoretically could have been in my math class or whatever. Certainly not, certainly not my peers athletically.
2: Yeah. Well, I, you're at sub-540.
3: Almost, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm thankful for the latest addition to the Gambling as Ryan Mainville, yeah. because I wouldn't say it's a heavy lift for us. We, we enjoy what we do, but it's a lot of content to get out there. He knows basketball better than you and I do, and so we've always been impressed with him as a content creator and as – person with a lot of mm-hmm. valuable insight and so we were honored that he wanted to be part of the team and that's just getting rolling what's up
2: speaking of rolling i'm also very thankful for phase three um, that i think it is going to be really really cool for a lot of reasons and we can't exactly tell you right now what it is but Very soon we'll be able to, um, would you say, do you have a date on that? Do do we want to say the date that we're going to release that?
3: I'm not sure of an exact date, but I think we're going to be able to stake our claim soon.
2: Yeah. It's just, you know, we're living on the plains of We'll get it all out there in plain sight. Yeah. Yeah.
3: All right, final thoughts? Happy Thanksgiving to all the Gauchos listeners. Thank you to our sponsors. Hope everybody has safe travels if you're going across the state or across the country to be with friends and family. Enjoy your holiday. Love y'all.
2: It was Labor Day weekend, I was 17. I bought a Coke and some gasoline. Drove out to the county fair When I saw her for the first time She was standing there in the ticket line And it all started right then and there
1: Oh, a sailor's sky made a perfect sunset And that's a day I'll never forget I had a barbecue
0: stain on my white t-shirt She was killing me in that mini skirt Skipping rocks on the river by the river